0: This morning, if you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, we'll pick up in verse 15. a study that I've entitled, Paul's Power in Prayer. As we pick up, I'm going to be reading from a couple of different versions this morning. I, I, I love what the New Living Translation has to say a little bit later when we get to verses 17 and 18. This morning, the New King James, as we begin. But it is so important for us to recognize that faith, 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 must have an object. You cannot have faith in faith. You can't have faith in happy thoughts. You you can't have faith in some ethereal being. To have faith and for it to be meaningful, it must have an object. And so this morning, that object obviously is what's contained in the first 14 verses, this amazing grace that we now walk in, amen? It's faith in Christ. It's not just faith in thinking happy thoughts. A lot of people kind of pray like they're they're praying to the ceiling or or they're praying to some ethereal being that maybe is there and maybe isn't. We are to have effective and fervent prayers as righteous people, and those prayers avail much. Amen? Paul's power was in prayer. And so as we turn our attention to the Word, This wonderful, beautiful passage that now finishes up this first chapter. And as we read it, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful this morning for the power of your word to instruct and to teach us uh, your ways. We pray that you'd take your word and cause it to bear much fruit in our lives. So grateful this day for the fact that we can gather together in this great nation. Lord, to study your word, would you give us your heart your mind this morning we ask in Jesus name amen verse 15 here beginning uh, in chapter 1 of the book of Ephesians and therefore also notice always when it says therefore you look to see what it's there for it's always looking back towards something that's been previously said previously established and so therefore meaning the grace of God what's been poured out upon us that life that we now live in Christ that used to be lived in our flesh, that is now being transformed by the renewing of our mind. God is at work in us to will and to do His great pleasure. Amen? Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, notice the object, in the Lord. Faith has to have an object. I heard of your faith in the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints. You see, as we have that object of faith, which is the Lord. We have faith in Him because He is God, and we have love for the saints, the separator of the called-out ones, of which we all this morning are part of that great wondrous work that God's done by faith in us. We've received the grace of God. And he says, because of that, in verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is important that we direct our prayers. Amen? Sometimes we, I don't know how you are, but when I drive, I'm usually praying, God help me. God spare me. God save me. Those prayers are okay. Those are good prayers. They're necessary prayers. But when we're praying about the body of Christ, we're praying about saints, we need to name some saints' names. Amen? Amen? We need to call upon the Lord for those people that we know, those people that we want to aim some prayer in their direction, and we need to name them. We need to talk about them with the Lord. I'm making mention of you. Notice the specificity with which Paul speaks. You. I'm praying for you. Can I give you one of my pet peeves? I'm praying for you, bro. That's like, I don't know what to say, so I'll say that, it sounds good and godly. Now it may be true, please let me retract a little bit there. In some cases, that's actually a truth. Walk up to somebody and say, how can I pray for you, sister? How can I pray for you, brother? Tell me what's going on in your life so I can pray for you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, again notice the object, and I want you to see the full work of the Godhead, the entire Trinity is at work here in this single verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, if you didn't know who he was, that's who he is, the Father of glory, may give you the Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of wisdom is another name for the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of righteousness is another name. It is that work that's done in us that, that now comes into our lives because we're the child of God. So God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the revelation in the knowledge of Him. This is the promise of prayer. You see, we're to have unceasing prayer. We are to have unceasing prayer. I, I think sometimes we forget what that is. And please, if you're driving down the freeway, do not get on your knees while you're driving. Make sure you're keeping fully engaged in the other things. But you can talk to God much like we can have a conversation where we're talking and something else is going on around us. You can do that with the Lord, can't you? I do it all the time. Matter of fact, some of my most effective prayer time is when I'm doing something else and all of a sudden the Lord stimulates. There's there's times to supplicate. There's times to be on our knees. But we should pray without ceasing. That means to be engaged in, actively engaged in prayer. It means that we pray for the church, we give praise for the things that God's doing, that we're growing continually in in that, that that we link together prayer and power and praise. Those things have to happen. You see, too often we, we kind of pray like we read internet news, don't we? You ever know, isn't it crazy how now you turn on your computer and you're looking at the internet, there's a news story and you think you're an authority on the news because you saw the picture at the top of the article. And then you begin to read the article and you go, the, the picture doesn't have anything to do with it. Sometimes we get pictures of what God's doing in the world, but we forget to pray so we do not have the power. We need to get the power of prayer. Because I think one of the things that we lack, at, thank you for all who showed up on Thursday, that was awesome, amen, if you were here with us. So we shared, shared in a time of powerful prayer as a church. You, you see... What's going on here is we're praying for all the saints. Look around this room. How long do you think that's going to take you if you prayed for all the saints? You're going to need to pray without ceasing, amen? As you think on those people in your life who, that you know that are the beloved, they're going through stuff today, right now. They have issues in their life, you have issues in yours. If the body actually believed this and did it, how powerful would the church be? We need to be people of prayer, just like Paul was. And Paul didn't cease giving thanks. Family of God, there's a lot of churches. Amen? Look around. Drive down the streets. I, Connie and I have been down looking for houses. We would driving around. There's a lot of churches. There's a lot of saints. There are a lot of people to pray for. There are a lot of needs that we need to engage in seeking the face of the Lord. There are things that we need to praise the Lord for. You should be praising God for every church that preaches the word here in the South Bay. Amen? Every last... We don't care what name is on the door. Amen? We don't care. I I pray that this one is ministering to us, to this group of saints. But there's an awful lot of people in the body of Christ that don't come here. They go elsewhere. We need to be praying for them. The church is this glorious body that's made out of every tribe and tongue and color and creed. Are we praying for the body of Christ? Not just the three people that like you. It's easy to pray for people that like you, right? How about praying for people that you maybe disagree with? We complain about other people's theology. Do we pray that their theology gets squared away? Think about that for a second. That could give you a lifelong thing to do, by the way. Because there's some pretty goofy theology floating around out there. Many churches, many Christians. And we have to have good preaching. We have to have good teaching. They're essential. Sound doctrine is essential. Amen? We must have that. We always want to... Focus our teaching and our preaching on the sound doctrine that comes from the Word. But prayer is the power behind that. You need to be praying for me. You need to be praying for the pastors of this church. You need to be praying for the ladies in this church who are in ladies ministering and ministering to those in the body of Christ. You need to be people of prayer because the power of God comes through prayer. We need to be praying. There's probably nobody in this room that's going to go, you're going to go to South Bay Motors, whatever that place is, it has those really nice cars. I, I saw somebody who's driving a Lambo, there's a Lamborghini in the park, I don't know whether they were trading it in, I told them I'd take it, but <laughs> nobody's going to go buy a Lamborghini and then, and then not check the oil in it. Uh, you, you see what I'm getting at? You, you see, the oil of prayer keeps the engine running. No oil, your engine's going to burn up and blow up. Amen? You need to be praying. We need to be praying. You need to pray for our world, our nation, our families, this city, your neighbors, your church. Pray for me. You can tell by now, I'm kind of nuts. (laughs) Pray for me, please. I am still being transformed by the renewing of my mind. And so are you. You see, sometimes we think that we've already gotten there and then we stop praying. Anybody guilty of that? I have been. I've walked with the Lord long enough to realize I need to continually pray because I'm not going to get there until He comes and gets me. Amen? You see, people of prayer recognize the value of prayer. Let me ask you a simple question. If this church was dependent on your prayers to keep running, how long would it run? Ouch! Think about it. And yet, to some degree, that's a truth. Amen? God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust, and so he's going to do things sovereignly in the world in spite of our silliness. But he wants us to engage in prayer. As Paul reminds us that, the, that God's Spirit is at work in all these things, we need to realize exactly what that is. You, you see, there's a huge question that we have to answer. We want to know God. You, know, we've got, you can't know people without being around them, amen? Now, that's like pastors who are simply teachers, but they're not shepherds. They don't know sheep. You have to be around God in order to know God. You can read all the theological books in the world. Let me tell you something. You can walk away having read all those books and still not know God because you haven't spent time with Him. You've spent time with other people's thoughts about who He is. It's very different to spend time with God in prayer. To get on your knees, in your closet, someplace on the in your backyard, wherever it is that you can go and meet with God, and you talk to Him. Ask Him what He wants of you. Get to know Him in prayer. There are several things that come into view here in verses 17 and 18. And I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation. And it says there, I pray. See, it's referring back to what's already been said. You don't see it in the New King James or the King James, but it's implied there because this is what Paul's praying about. So in the New Living, they actually put it in there. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he has called. Amen? I want my heart flooded with light. I need to ask him to flood my heart with light his holy people, who are his rich and a glorious inheritance. And in verse 19, I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power to us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power. You, you, you see, sometimes we kind of pray to God like He's, you know, he's, he is that little icon. And I'm not trying to bash anyone or any group of people. But I've traveled, especially in Brazil. Big, huge. In Sao Paulo there are these gigantic cathedrals. And there's people praying at the building. Praying at statues. And I'm using that word very descriptively. They're praying at something, not to someone. They're praying to a piece of marble, a piece of granite. They're praying to another saint. Why am I saying this? Because saints need a Savior. You're all saints. Every saint that's ever lived has needed a Savior, including Mary. Read Luke chapter 1. My God, my Savior. That's what she says. We're to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He alone. You know, focus our prayers, folks. Because there's hope that we've been called in. There's a glorious inheritance. And there is an incomparably great power available to us, but we have to ask Him for it. Sometimes the church in its weakness doesn't understand the problem. The problem is exactly what James said. You have not because you ask not. Or you ask wrongly or amiss. Very often we're praying for the wrong thing and to the wrong person. We're wondering, well, you know, just I don't know how to... Well, ask and you shall receive is what your Bible says. Anything asked in His name, His will, His purposes, His power, His pleasure... Ask in His name. You have those things. You see, we can expect God to bring these things about. Why? Because He planned it all along. He wants to give us that glorious inheritance. And behind that is His incredible great power. Can we go there for a moment? Think about what's being said here. There's actually four different Greek words used uh, here in this verse. And, and, And as you look at them... From verses 17 to 18, the word power is used there, and the Greek word is dunamis. It it means carrying potential. It it means to have uh, capability. Dynamite only has capability. It's where we get our English word dynamite, by the way, that dunamis power. If you have that, a stick of dynamite does no good in a bucket of water, amen? It's going to be d-u-d dud. You have to light the fuse in order for that power to be released. You have to pray in order for the power of God to be released in your life. He uses the word working, which is another Greek word. It, it, it is the same word from which we get e- energy or electricity. It's and You have that That's not. You are not going to have energy in your life spiritually unless you pray. You're going to be powerless is another way to look at it. A third word, he uses mighty or kratos. Kratos is the force that overcomes. That means he is so great that no weapon fashioned against him shall prosper. Amen? If you want that kind of power in your life, you have to pray. And the fourth word is strength. It's very similar to to you and I, muscular strength. It, it means to be, in essence, not able to be defeated, that that person is so strong that you look at them like they're the champion, period, undisputed. And he goes on in verse 20 that Christ raised from the dead. He begins to give us an example of the power that's available. Seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Who is this? This is the resurrected Christ, amen? It's the exalted Christ, Amen? It's the Christ that was raised from the dead. Who is he? He's the all-powerful one that we're praying to and through. We don't just pray to the ceiling. We don't lift our hands and lift our eyes because, you know, that's the direction everybody does it. says he is seated at the right hand of the God the Father. Like, he's there, not here. He is in us, with us, to us, and through us. But we're direct. We're saying, God who dwells on high, move in my midst. Bring that power into my life. I want that kind of power. I want that kind of power for this church. Imagine if we were energized. Imagine if we were that powerful. Imagine the impact we'd have in our world if we literally had these things applied to our lives and then used them. Amen? We serve the undisputed champion of the universe. Amen? Yeah. Think about it for a second. We all have those. I grew up in the 70s. I'm a martial arts. In case you don't know, I actually have a black belt, among other things. I told you, I'm weird. But I, remember, I remember watching in the internationals, I think it was in 72 or 73, Bill Superfoot Wallace. And he had he he used the front kick very effectively, knocked a lot of people out. I, I looked at him and I'm going, man, that's just like hey, that guy's unstoppable. And then I watched him get knocked out. Well, maybe he's not the champion of the universe. And the same is true for all these MMA people. It, it was true for Muhammad Ali. Incredible. Probably, in my view, greatest boxer that's ever lived. However,. He's going to get the beat down by Jesus if he goes toe to toe. Nobody stands in front of him and says, "Hey, I'll take you on." Jesus conquered death. So what if you knock him out? He's going to pop right back up. <laughs> He's going to say, Mm-mm-mm, shouldn't do that." We can live freely in that kind of power, amen. We can live gloriously in that kind of power. Now imagine that you're getting in the ring, and as the person in the ring with you is the Lord Jesus, and it's actually okay for him to join and beat up on your foe with you. Think about it for a second. It's actually the implication. You have his power in your corner, so when you step into the ring of this world, you have him to fight with you. So when the enemy comes and he throws it, yeah, amen! The enemy comes, he does his little dance, kind of boom, boom, jab, jab, you know, throws a front kick, tries to knock you out. All of a sudden, Jesus goes, got it. Take that devil. Amen. Think about it. That kind of power, you get that through prayer. You say, Lord, look, I'm getting into the ring tomorrow at work. And this person I've been working with Well, I can't actually describe him because I'd be in sin if I really described who this person is. But I'd like you to get in the ring with me. And when he throws that blow, she throws that blow, goes after my character, tries to assassinate me. I need you to help. And Jesus says, got it. I'll go. And so you step into the ring. The person comes at you and he says, you probably don't want to do that. Because this is... My fight. The battle belongs to the Lord. Lord. Amen? Amen? You get the picture? You get that in prayer. You need to ask the undisputed champion of the universe to get in the ring with you. You do that through prayer. Notice verse 21. He's also the ultimate authority. I'm addicted to wheel of fortune, okay, in jeopardy. And I, it, it's a sickness I have. But I, I like to try and defeat those who are playing. It's just part of who I am. It's like, I know the answer to that. It's Lithuania. You know, you just come up with these weird answers that come from nowhere. Now imagine, now he is far above any ruler, any authority, any power, any leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Amen? Amen. Who are you praying to? You're asking Jesus to help you out while you're on Jeopardy. Alex Trebek is going to ask you a question. I know the answer. Jesus, what is that? (laughs) And it's not cheating. He can actually tell you. You see, that kind of authority. He is the authority. God answers to no one. He answers to no thing. He's not going, well, I don't want to get involved. You ever have friends like that? Well, I don't want to get involved. I know you're going to die, but I don't want to get involved. (laughs) Jesus is always involved if you ask him to get involved. He's standing there. He's waiting. Why don't you ask me? You ever watch that, what was it, Cash Cab, that show where they were inside the taxi cab, and they could do the shout-out thing, and they would ask one of their friends, Imagine that the person that you're asking has the answer to everything you'll ever want to know. Ultimate authority on everything. You you see, as we look at this, the world has all kinds of competing views right now. You know, the, the Lord is going to redeem this earth. Al Gore is wrong. Amen? Climate change is not going to destroy the world. Jesus is going to remake the world what your bible says the problem is not climate change it's heart change and again should we be good stewards of our planet absolutely recycle where you can all those things are good buying led light bulbs if you have eight million dollars to do that in your house great <laughs> went to home to 37.99 for a light bulb want to light the couch on fire instead cheaper it's like this these stupid delta smelt that we're protecting in the california delta they're dying anyway after 15 years and a hundred jillion dollars of taxpayers money and all the water that we need right now going out to the ocean they're still croaking We can't solve what ails this world with worldly solutions. We need a Christ solution. He's the king of the universe. Verse 22. For God has put all things under the authority of Christ. All things, amen? Every last thing. Our faith is not in Governor Moonbeam. Our our faith is not in Bartender Boehner. Our faith is in no one or nothing but Christ. I shared on Thursday night. Most people don't even know it. Do you realize the battle cry of the Revolutionary War was, We have no king but Jesus. Amen? That's where we started. And that's the truth. He's the head. Period. Period. In spite of what other people might say. We need to pray for those who rule over us. But they are nothing compared to our real king, Jesus. We're supposed to be filling our world with him. Notice verse 23 as we close. And the church is his body. We are that visible representation of these things carried out in our world. The church is his body. It's filled by Christ who fills everything and everywhere with his presence. You see, by filling you, he fills the world. By you asking Him and being filled, you then go out into the world. The world actually gets a little bit of glimpse of the power of Christ. You're not Jesus, but you at least are more like Jesus than the people who don't know Him. Amen? And so they get to see that power because you pray instead of working in your flesh. They get to see that glory because you give Him the glory. You don't take it for yourself. Christ is the head, He's the leader, and the world is filled up with Him. You know, back in the 60s, and I I know some of you remember these days, you used to get Tupperware by salesmen going door to door. And they would bring in this box, and it was like, you know, then it was like a hundred bucks for the whole set or something. A tremendous amount of money then. But they would bring them in, and they would show you how to burp the Tupperware. You remember that? You know, they'd squish it down. Hear that sound? That's the sound of your food being saved. That's not what it sounded like to me. (laughs) But you have to put something into Tupperware for the Tupperware to have any value, amen? Empty Tupperware saves nothing. An empty Christian does not portray Christ. You have nothing to share with the world. There's nothing in you but Him. It is no longer I who live but... Christ who lives in me, amen? You see, if we live that way, if our lives are so filled with Him that when we go out and someone takes the lid off your life at work, all that spills out is Jesus. Someone takes the lid off of your life in a relationship, all that spills out is Jesus. Someone takes the lid off your life when you do your income tax return. Hopefully all that spills out is Jesus. (laughs) You get the picture? So filled with Him when the lid is pressed down and it's sealed up by the Holy Spirit, you are signed, you are sealed. We're waiting to be delivered to heaven. But in the meantime, when someone pops the lid off, what they find inside is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? May it be so. May we be so filled with the power of prayer and what it does in our lives that when someone opens us up, when we are open to the world, this week, this day, today, people would see Jesus Christ in us, which is our hope of glory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, as we think on these things, Lord... How silly, how foolish it is that we do not ask of you to be filled. The Lord, we're asking this morning. Lord, take the lid off of our container of life and fill us with Christ. Lord, minister to us this morning. God, if there's someone here, anyone here who's never met you, do, does not know you, they came in and, and they've never asked you into their life. Lord, I pray that there be someone near them. Lord, someone, perhaps one of the ushers. They would just go and they would... Sit down and just ask what it means to be a Christian. Lord, it's simple. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And then this power is available. Lord, fill us to overflowing. And then please, 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 Lord, pour us out on our community. Pour us out on the South Bay. Pour us out on the world, Lord. May we be uncontainable. With the vessel of our lives, be uncontainable of your glory. God, let us not hinder the work that you want to do. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord.